Good afternoon. Welcome to Fit Talk with Nick. I am your host, Nick Rodriguez. This is the show where we cover a broad range of health and wellness topics. And today we're going to talk about the mind-body connection. It can benefit everybody on every single playing field, regardless of what type of dimension you're looking at. I know we have six, um, but regardless of which one you're looking at, the mind-body connection can help with all of them. The direct correlation we're going to use here is with fitness, but please keep in mind that this talk today is not just about the body. It's pretty much about your well-being as a person overall, just trying to meet your needs and trying to really identify what makes you tick, what you like, or things you might be averted to. So today we're going to start with the definition of the mind-body connection. That way everybody is on the same page. I'm sure some people have heard of this, and if you haven't and you're new to this, then this is going to be a good podcast for you to get started. Um, But let's agree on the definition real quick. Personally, with me, the way I see it, it's known as internal and external awareness that somebody has with themselves or with other people, defined by some big wigs, doctors, um, researchers, or scientists. This is a definition that I pulled off a website that I was sourcing some of this stuff from. So, the brain and peripheral nervous system, the endocrine and immune systems, and all of the organs of our body, and all of the emotional responses we have, share a common chemical language, and we're constantly communicating with one another. That was stated by a man named Dr. James Gordon. Basically, what he's saying is all the systems in your body work together They're all independent or interdependent, I should say, just like the six dimensions of wellness. And they all cause a reaction or some type of effect based on what you're going through. What they're tying this to, that definition, is more towards stress. Okay. So let's agree that the mind-body connection is the way that your mind affects your body and that your body and how your body affects your mind. So just relate that to something real quick. If you do not get a good night's sleep the night before, The next day, you're going to be cranky, you're going to be lethargic, you're going to feel exhausted. Let's say you are anxious or afraid of a project that you have to give in class the next day. That is going to have an effect on your body. You might not be able to sleep. You might not be able to eat well. You might get butterflies. Um, It might really throw you off your vibe and make things very difficult for you. So that is more more or less the mind-body connection that we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so why is this important? The mind-body connection is important, and I use it... Well, I tell my clients about it all the time whenever we work out. Physically, if you think about contracting a muscle, it will contract harder than if you weren't thinking about it. There has been research done where some professionals hook individuals up to an EMG. Um, It basically measures your muscle contractions using electricity. So they will measure to see if you're deliberately thinking about contracting that muscle versus just doing a bicep curl thinking about something else you will feel more of a contraction, more stimulus when you're thinking about what you're doing. So in terms of fitness, I always tell people they need to have a mind-body connection whenever they're completing a movement just because it'll save save them from injury and it'll help them feel more accustomed to the movement. It's kind of like they're adapting to it and it doesn't feel as alien to them. Now, I am not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm just an individual who has a podcast and is trying to teach people some things. So whenever we delve into any emotional or mental topics, do not take this for gospel. Do your own research. I'm sure people have their own therapists, their own doctors. So look into it for yourself and just always, always get a second opinion. But this is something that is beneficial for people that do have 
those type of disorders, whether it's anxiety, whether they can't sleep well, whether they get freaked out all the time, or they're just a high stress, high strung individual, using mind body methods to kind of calm yourself down and kind of get a grip on everything does help out. There is research that dealt with it and a little anecdotal study. Back when I was a kid and I used to get sick, I would always think about laying in bed because I can't move, I'm sick, all right? But what I would think about when I would try to take my nap, I would always think about my body going to war with itself. Sounds really strange, but I like um, more medieval kind of era of human life. (laughs) And basically what I would think about is you would have your white blood cells, it'd be white knights going against all the other germs in your body, and they would basically clash. So before I went to bed, I would think about that stuff. And when I would wake up, odds are I'd feel a little bit better, um, but it's not something that would be a cure-all. It's just a mental component that kind of gives you strength, gives you a little bit of belief um, in what you're doing to get better. Back in the day, in Eastern cultures, they used to, or they actually acknowledge the mind-body connection, that little separation. Scientists nowadays, they'll call it consciousness. But Eastern societies or cultures, they understood that and they kind of went with it. Western societies and cultures, it's a little bit on the newer side. But there have been studies that have been done, even for cancer patients, that dealt with pain management, dealt with stress levels, and even dealt with some recovery times and strengthening of your immune system. If you simply think about it and kind of will your body to do that, it will happen a little bit, not a lot. Now, there's still more research that has to happen with this, um, but it's just something to think about. More or less, this could basically be used um, to develop resiliency in yourself. That is another word that we're going to have to define and come to terms with. Resiliency is the ability to recover quickly from an unfortunate event, a disaster, an injury, or something that's just not good news. Um, Another shorter version, toughness in a way. How fast can you bounce back from something that's not going your way? People need to develop that in life. I think that it's been a little bit more difficult to come across that nowadays because in our era we kind of have it really good when we have the electronics we have the cars we have the jobs we have the funds that's obviously not a widespread category that everybody can pretty much fall under but for a lot of people we do have it good compared to other places in the world and that's also something that gets me very interested about this topic so thought experiment here you have people who live in our country who have a lot of things going for them. And then you have people in other countries that have almost nothing going for them. But when you look at their community and you look at their spirits as an individual, the person in the third world is most likely up. Um, If you guys never heard of a documentary, it's called A Dollar a Day. I'm not sure where you can find that now. I saw it a couple years ago, maybe more than a couple years ago, probably like 10. But it's a great documentary, and I think everybody should watch it. Um, Just so we can all see the importance of kind of having that healthy social dimension with people around you and being able to manage the finances or at least figure out a way to kind of pull resources together so that everybody can benefit. So that documentary is $8 a day. Not sure where to find it. Just check it out. It's very useful information. Puts the world and the imbalance kind of in perspective for everybody who watches it. At least that's what I got from it. Okay, so for the mind-body connection, you can use this in every aspect of your life. So what we're going to do real quick is I'm just going to go through the dimensions of wellness and we're just going to see how the mind-body connection can really assist people and it can assist everybody. So as I said with the physical body, you get deeper muscle contractions, 
there are immune boosters that can happen from the mind-body connection. Just from that little visualization that I talked about before from when I was a kid, um, it assists with injuries, not really healing injuries, kind of identification. You know, when you're walking up the steps, you're kind of ignoring it, my knee feels weird, or you're really thinking about, ooh, right below my kneecap, it kind of hurts. This muscle's tight. My foot's not hitting the ground right. My leg's twisting when I pick it up. Are those the kind of thoughts? Is that the kind of relationship that you have with your body? So that's pretty much how that mind-body connection can get developed is by practicing. Call If you read books on yoga, meditation, anything like that, it's called like a body scan. So every couple times a day, maybe four, three, two, whatever, six times a day, you kind of just stand there for about a minute, scan your body. Think of it like radar. Every time you hear that beep, there's a scan that goes from your brain down to your toes and back up. See if you can feel certain things, whether it's your clothes on your body, the air hit, air blowing off your shins, sweat dripping down your brow, anything like that. Just see if you can do that so you can develop that physical mind-body connection. Next time you're lifting, next time you're running, you're picking up something heavy, think about your muscles moving, your hands gripping the wood, lifting something over your head, walking up the stairs. The more that we can reinforce that connection, the better. You can apply it occupationally, essentially just attention to detail and focus. I mean, it's this connection is basically akin to like mindfulness. You just have to be aware of what you're doing and be conscious and deliberate in what you want to do while you're at work. And even this slides over to the physical thing. You know, you want to make sure you're doing a squat or a deadlift right. You want to make sure you're doing an overhead press right and you have proper form and you're doing exactly what you want to do, how you want to do it. Um, but back to the occupational dimensional wellness, basically use that mind-body connection to be better at your job. You know, take it seriously, prepare, focus, see how you feel. Maybe throw in a little time management technique in there throughout the day just to keep the juices flowing and to keep you moving forward. When it comes to financial dimension of wellness, you can basically use a mind-body connection to see how you feel about money. What is your relationship to money? When your bank account is low, are you stressed out? Or are you just frolicking through a field of daisies because it really doesn't bother you that much? If you invest, does it scare you? Does it excite you? Are you saving? How does that make you feel? How does it make you feel when you spend money on these big ticket items or you barely spend money at all? Um, everyone has their own temperaments with money. Some people are frugal. Some people just throw it out like it just grows on trees, which we know it doesn't. But the important thing is not really how you manage your money. That's a personal decision. People can do what they want with their money. What matters is with that mind-body connection, how does it make you feel? Is it a healthy relationship that you have with money? Do you feel better just going and blowing it on drugs? Or do you feel better when you go buy it on a new shirt? Or would you feel better if you put it into fertilizing your backyard or mulching your backyard. All those things, I guess, pretty much tie in with value too. Like, what do you want to spend your money on? How does that relate to you as a person? And how does that make you feel really? So just develop that relationship. It's always healthy to have that relationship balance. When it comes to the spiritual dimension of wellness, some people think it's fooey when it comes to the spiritual beliefs or values. Um, that's up to every individual person. We don't judge based on that. People have their own reasons. But something that should be developed is what do you value? What do you believe in? Um, and can you look back on yourself and learn things about yourself? 
I think a very important thing with the mind-body connection for some people, they just don't know. They don't know what makes them happy. They don't know what they believe in. They don't know what they value. We can take it back to the example I used before. Some people value buying a, a Marc Jacobs bag. Some people like going to spend $3 on a different bag at a thrift shop. It all depends on the person themselves. Can't really tell people what to do or what to believe in or what they value. You could trick them, but you're not really going to have too much luck telling them what to do. I mean, something that I mentioned in my notes was inner reflection. It sounds kind of corny or cliche, but really develop a relationship with yourself. Journal, talk in videos, do what you have to do to kind of keep yourself in check. Check the way you think, check how you feel about stuff. Learn yourself. Um, that's a very hard thing for people. Some people say they go away to college for that. I go to college to find myself. You find yourself because you're going through all those experiences. But most people don't even reflect and look back on things. That's why they say hindsight is twenty twenty. At least that's why I believe. So another important thing, just be cool with yourself. Accept yourself. Understand yourself. See what makes you tick. See what drives you. The other dimension of wellness, we're almost done here. The emotional dimension. Dimension. A little bit of a repeat, it kind of blends into spiritual, but understand yourself. See what calms you, see what makes you happy, see what agitates you, see what makes you feel apprehensive. You know, a lot of people run around saying that they have problems. I do too. I, I'm a big complainer, let me tell you. But we do have all of our issues and we kind of have to figure out why we're having those issues. That's scary for a lot of people. And definitely, definitely not easy for people. And it varies. Some people can face themselves in the mirror and really come to terms with who they are and what they've done and what makes them sad, what causes them these challenges. And others will literally run for it, run from it for the rest of their lives. Decades. It, it's all different. You, you have to figure out where you are. That's, that's why we have to develop that connection, that mental, physical connection to figure out where we are, what causes that depression or lack of sleep or what makes you anxious? Is it just test taking or is it something a little bit deeper, you know? The final dimension, which would be the intellectual dimension of wellness, how can the mind-body connection assist you with this? Some things that I came up with and from reading these documents is basically perspective, critical thinking, and kind of diving deeper into your tasks. I say perspective because I think perspective forms your reality how you see things definitely is not the same as how other people see things. We saw that with the internet and just being able to communicate with people. We do not all feel the same way. We do not all think the same things. And we are not all satisfied by the same riches or rewards that we get in life. And that would lead you into critical thinking. So just use your brain. You know, formulate thoughts, draw mind maps, read books. When you read something, question it. How does it relate to you? Maybe it relates to somebody that went through a similar experience, just kind of cement it into your brain. And that'll help you learn a little bit better. So the mind-body connection pretty much intellectually is just understanding your brain, how you work, how you think, and kind of how you apply things in life. Not everybody thinks like a software engineer and not everybody thinks like an economist. So it's kind of cool when you get to figure out and kind of tweak the way that you can think. Your brain is neuroplastic so it can always change so don't forget that some people are probably wondering how do you develop the mind-body connection as you heard me earlier practice practice makes perfect all you have to do set aside a couple minutes a day 
and just practice. How? Yoga, Tai Chi, meditation, writing, self-reflection in some form, art, breathing techniques, recreational activities, singing, drawing, knitting. It all depends what you like to do. Some people like to play video games. That'd be me. If that's that, if that's what you use to kind of relax and focus and develop a connection, I know it sounds stupid, but when people get in the zone, man, they really think about how fast they're clicking those buttons, where that finger's going, where that thumb's tracking. You go a little bit too much to the left, you're going to die. The first person shooter. Um, yard sales, anything that stimulates your mind and kind of brings you into this zone where you can just focus on the moment and see how you feel about things that you're doing. Okay, so... For example, yoga. This is actually one that I use often. You heard me say it in the past podcast. Something great for people. It gives you that moment of stillness that a lot of people don't get. Gives you a nice strength building component, flexibility. And in order for you to really settle into the practice, you need to develop a mind-body connection. When people take yoga, they think that they can just hold a pose and kind of be relaxed. When they say relax into the move, they don't mean relax your entire muscles so that way you're not stable. They basically mean keep everything tense, breathe into the tense muscles, and think about how your body's orienting itself. Is your shoulder dropping a little bit? Is your arm tilting too much to the for- to the front or the back? Are your hips starting to turn? Are your glutes relaxing? That's that, that's that mental mind-body connection that gets built when people are doing yoga. I would say during meditation, which is another method that I mentioned, people can pretty much build upon the emotional dimension, you can build upon a spiritual dimension, you can build upon intellectual because you think about things, whether you want to or not. And it also has physical benefits. Another one would be writing. This is good for your brain and how you, I want to say, perceive the world. You know, you could learn a lot by writing about your day and all the things that came along with it, what bothered you, what you really didn't mind. Maybe somebody can crack a joke to you, but the other person can't. Why? It's easy to just sit down and free write. When I was in fourth grade, I had an English teacher. This guy was dope. But one of the things that he had us do, I think it was once a week, he would have us sit down for 30 minutes in class and he would have us free write anything we wanted. Didn't have to be driven by a picture or prompt. Didn't have to fall in line with a story. He would sit us down, give us a piece of paper and a pencil, and he would say, write whatever's in your brain for 30 minutes. I did not know how to do that. thought it was impossible. Um, By the time we did it for the third or fourth time, it was actually really easy. And even as a kid, I felt a little bit of benefit. Um, So I can only imagine what a grown adult feels like, who's paying bills, going through the stresses of maintaining a family, car troubles, and all the other things that life brings. It's got to be relieving. Breathing techniques. Now, this is one that I like a lot. I like breathing techniques. I got certified by an organization called Oxygen Advantage. It's Founded by a man named Patrick McKeown. He's from Ireland. But Scotland? One of the two. Don't quote me on that. Just Google it. Look into it. It's very useful. Uh, But basically what they do, they teach you about the relationship of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your body and how that can affect you physically. So people who over-breathe, we breathe a lot with our chest. By doing that, your body like decodes that as a sign of stress, hyperventilation. So when you're walking around every day, breathing through your chest, you're not necessarily breathing properly. It doesn't bother you, but your brain is basically saying, all right, you're not getting enough oxygen. There's not a good balance. I'm stressing out. I'm stressing out. What do I do to fix this? 
and you don't know what to do because you don't even realize that you're breathing wrong. That ties into a whole bunch of other things that can route into sleep apnea. It can route into blood pressure. Just focus in general. Um, but just doing, but just by addressing that one little factor, breathing techniques, people can improve aspects of their life already. And when it comes to creative activities, I named a few already, but think of painting, think of any type of art, any type of theater, acting, um, skits that you would make, things like that develop a connection because you really are kind of giving it your all. If you're painting, you're really thinking about the brush strokes, how much paint you put on the on the brush, how hard you're pressing, how soft you're pressing, how much overflow there is. You're thinking about all these different things and you're kind of getting in the zone of it, kind of trying to become a master at it, make it real easy for yourself. And I bet you that my body connection is developed a lot when you're singing. I sing. I'm terrible at singing. I enjoy it. Um, but don't stand next to me and don't be in the same room as me. But there are probably people who really focus on their vocal cords, how deep they're breathing in, how slow they're exhaling, how long can they hold that note. These people are holding these 10, 12-second notes. They have ways to do that. They practice that stuff. They probably sink into their bodies when they start hitting that note and they know they're going to do something like that. So that's the way you just got to kind of think about it. Um, but something I mentioned earlier is your connection or your relationship with that object in that dimension, are they healthy? So um, a healthy mind-body connection. You want to lose some weight? You start going to the gym two days a week. You lift your legs one day, you lift your upper body the other day. An unhealthy way, which is very common, you go to the gym and you do three hours of cardio every day, seven days a week for five months. That's unhealthy. But that's the relationship that that person has with physical exercise. That's when it gets difficult to kind of shift that in people. Um, but that's another topic for another day. But just make sure that your connection, your relationship is healthy. It's very important. All right. So we are concluding that mind-body connection portion pretty much. And we went over what it is, why you would use it, how can it help you, um, how do you develop it. And it's actually very fun to develop. It's a challenge. People have to step out of their comfort zone. And that's, it's, a, it's exploration for you, you know. It's, it's something that you should enjoy. You got to love the process, um, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable. Something I did want to leave everybody with is tips to get started with nutrition. I was just talking to my sister about two hours ago on the phone. She was calling me about how she started to eat Brazil nuts. I never had a Brazil nut in my life. I didn't really know it was a nut. I'm more of a peanut guy. But she was talking to me about diet change, so it's just something I wanted to throw tips in at the end of this episode. So anybody who's thinking about that can kind of take, a, take action or at least give some thought to it. One of the first things that I recommend people to do, myself included, I'm actually in the process of doing this myself, write a food journal for three to seven days. I'm not saying write how many grapes you're eating. All I want you to do is keep it general, keep it broad. I had yogurt this morning with strawberries. I had two bowls of cereal. I had some turkey and some rice. You don't have to go into every single ingredient. Just start slow with general meals that you have. Focus on the main meals. Bring in the snacks afterwards if you are a snacker. If you're not, good for you. Second of all, start consuming more water. People do not drink enough water. I didn't drink water until I was 
early 20s. I can confidently say that I drank iced tea, soda, anything that wasn't water for like my teen years. It was not good. I had a lot of cavities senior year, but we're not there anymore. Anyway, what matters is you're drinking enough water and you're substituting out all the high fructose and all the sugary stuff. I drank a soda today. Actually, I had two sodas today. But I won't drink soda for the next couple of days at all. It all gets washed down with the water right after I finish it. And just because I know it's poison, but it's so, so good. And if anybody ever tells you that you'll drink too much water to die, that is not going to happen. That's very rare. You have to drink gallons upon gallons of water. Yes, something can happen if you're, you know, not going to the bathroom, you're not sweating. Um, but you need to drink a lot of water for that. And fun fact, when I was learning about that, it's not that you drink too much water that kills you. It's that the sodium in your blood is so diluted that the water starts to leak into your cells and you basically drown your brain. So I thought that was cool and I think it would help people remember that. And the third thing is just educate yourself. I say this a lot. Read books, articles, watch interviews, listen to podcasts, experiment with your own diet, talk to people that you know who have successfully dieted. Talk to professionals, watch documentaries. Anything that you can to get this knowledge into your possession is going to help you understand the next steps to take. I think some of the hardest things with nutrition, exercise, anything in life really, is not knowing. The less you know about something, the more scary it is, and the less you can manage it. Um, so even when people come and they say, oh, I'm diabetic, I, you know, if I was diabetic, I would try to read every book on it just so I can kind of understand and I don't have to rely too much on like external means. Because there are some things in life that once you have them, you have them. It's, you can't do anything about it. So the best thing you can do is try to manage it um, so it doesn't kind of control your life. And that's a very hard thing for people to do because when they are down and out, the easiest thing to do is just keep getting that ass kicked. Um, but in this case, when it comes to food, because food is, food is medicine at the end of the day, what you put in is what you get out. Everybody should educate themselves. And it's very hard with nutrition because there's a lot of research and a lot of professionals who have contradicting opinions and views. And that's the most difficult part. You can't help that. The only thing you can do is try to sift through it as best you can and put it into practice. Um, and just an FYI, a personal trainer or any fitness professional, unless they have a certification, it's meal plans and all that stuff is kind of out of their scope of practice. I don't tell people what to eat directly. I'm, I'm more general with it. So we'll go over like macros, we'll go over fats, carbs. We'll see what people could eat. You know, we could set up a grocery list together, a little snack list. Um, but I can't tell people what to eat. That is something you would have to speak to a registered dietitian to do, which I recommend because they know a lot more than I do. And I do plan on bringing one onto this podcast. I just got to find one. All right. And that pretty much sums up the episode. So we went over the mind-body connection, put some of those things into practice. Um, next episode, I'm going to have one or two breathing exercises that are very simple that people can use in their everyday life, whether they're stressed or they just want to test it out to see how it affects them. Um, you are also able to research them before next week when I give you those exercises. So feel free to look up some breathing techniques that you can use and employ every day. Um, and then we went over the tips with nutrition. So remember, do a food journal, drink water, enough water, 
substitute out those sugary foods and drinks and educate yourself however you can, whether it's a mainstream source, an alternative source, bring everything together and make a decision. Talk to professionals. We have a lot of resources in this day and age when it comes to the internet and the type of special careers that exist in the world. Um, so questions definitely can get answered. You just got to go look for them. Thank you for listening to the Fit Talk podcast. Please feel free to leave a review or share this with your friends and family. You can find the show on rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com and or on Spotify. Keep learning, stay consistent, drink your water, and have a great day.